Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wally, Texas. Let's go on in and see what Charlie Mullen has to teach us today. All right. Let's go to the Lord, and we'll pray for these folks real quick. Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you for the healing that you're doing in our church, Father. Father, we thank you for the healing that you're going to do in our church, Father. We lift up Jr. and Mr. Harvey and Brenda, and Father, you know the numerous ones out there that are under the weather or extremely sick right now, Father. Just touch them with your mighty hands, Father. We know you are the great healer, and by our stripe, by your son's stripes, you said we were healed, Father, and we claim that, Father, in Jesus' name. And Father, I ask that you bless this offering we're about to take up. Father, let it be used to continue your work and bless those around us, Father. And it's all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, okay, well, shoot. <clears throat> hey, I got a praise report, too. Speaking of all that, my uncle that was going to be dead from COVID, and I asked y'all to pray. The doctor said there was nothing they could do. It was just a matter of time. He is going to rehab on Monday. So... So God answers prayers, y'all, and God does heal. All right, you may be seated. We are going to go to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start in about verse 26. I know I'm supposed to get up here, it's a week before Christmas, so I'm supposed to get up here and preach the, the story of the birth of Jesus. I think we all know the story of how and where Jesus was born. I don't particularly agree with the way that a lot of the, th the, a lot of the stories put it today, but that's okay. That's my opinion. My wife tells me that I probably ought to hush about it, but <clears throat> if you don't know, like that song that just played, Away in a Manger. No, It makes it sound like no crib. For, it makes it sound like Jesus and, and Mary and Joseph were off in a little hut somewhere by themselves. And there wasn't anything around but strangers. And But back in those days when a person went home, that's where Joseph was from, they had family there. And the law and the rules of things back then said that if family came into town, they stayed with you. Whether you got along with them, whether you liked them or not, if they came in town, you stayed with them. And if there was a census going on, that means that house was probably crowded. And when they, if you know how they took care of animals back then, the majority of the time, the animals were either in a dugout pit underneath the house or behind the house. So I don't think Jesus was born. That's the way I believe. Believe the way you want to. I don't think Jesus was born in a lonely shack somewhere where they kept donkeys and mules yes the animals were there that's probably the only place they had left in the house to do but i believe when jesus was born it was a celebration among the family i don't believe that jesus was only surrounded by strangers the day he was born i don't believe he was laid over in a corner somewhere and and just kind of there i believe that there were members of joseph's family around i believe that he was he was with people because I don't think that's how God works. I don't think that God would have made the birth of our Savior a lonely, sad place. I think it began with humble beginnings because if you think of how we live, we are to be humble with God in God's eyes. We start our lives out in, as humble beginnings 
And then as we grow older, we grow in the spirit and it leads us to glory. And that's exactly the way Jesus started his life. Jesus started his life with humble beginnings. He led a very humble life, which slowly but surely picked up steam. And then he was glorified. In the very end, there is no other but Jesus. He is the way, the light, and the truth. Started out with humble beginnings. That's what we have to do in God's eyes. No matter who we are in this world, no matter how strong we have grown in wealth, in power, if we are going to be one with God, the first thing you have to do is start out with a humble beginning and realize that you are a child of God, and without God, you do nothing. Does that make sense? So in Luke, verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have been found in favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and will, be, and will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she was said to be barren, is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. He is to be the Son of the Most High. It absolutely infuriates me what the world and what the enemy and what Satan has done to the, I don't even call them the holidays, I call them the holy days. It says here it was a six month before Mary was even pregnant, don't get me started on December and stuff like that. But Christmas is what Christmas is. What I don't want you to forget about is, yes, it is a time for giving. Yes, it is a time for gifts. Don't forget about the gift that was given to us in what we call Christmas. Our only chance to ever be reconciled with God was given to us as a gift. So think about that when you get all wrecked out about not being able to afford presents for everybody, not being able to afford the big dinner that you want to have, and of course in 2020 not being able to gather the way that we want to gather and things like that. You can have your own opinions about that. Don't get me started on it, but you need to remember that the greatest gift that could ever be given has already been given. And that is what needs to be remembered as we gather for the holy days. Not what the world wants you to think about at this time. Not being able, well, we can't go see grandma. So, you know, and, and you get that. The main thing we need to worry about is remember those who are lost in Christ this time of year. 
Those are the relationships that we need to fix. Those are the things that we need to concentrate on. That is the gift that you can give, is the gift that just like God gave us, if you pass forward this time of year, really we're supposed to do it all year long. It, I don't like to hear on the news and stuff like that that this is the season for giving because we're God's people and we were called to give 24-7, 365 days a year. We've let our governments and our world and the enemy take over so many things that God said that the church was supposed to take care of. The Bible says that we are supposed to take care of the homeless. We're supposed to take care of the widows. We're supposed to take care of the orphans. But what have we done? We've gotten lazy. The church gave up adoption and gave it to the state. The church gave up welfare and gave it to the state. The church gave up the sanctity of marriage and gave it to the state. We need to remember what this time of year is supposed to be for, and that is to give thanks for the gifts that have been given to us. And the more I study on it and the more I look at things going on in the world today, folks, if, you, if you've never done it and you want a real good scare and you want to have to lay awake at night and look at things, study exactly what Israel went through from the time of its inception until the time of its fall and look at it side by side with what America is going through today. Because... Israel forgot what God had given them. America is well upon the way of forgetting what God gave us because Thanksgiving nowadays is about turkey and getting together with your family. Christmas nowadays is, can I give my kids a better Christmas than I did last year? And we're going to go in debt and we're going to worry about things and I can't afford to give my kids any Christmas. Let me tell you something. Your kid's greatest gift has already been given. The greatest gift that you can give your kids is to maybe on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, sit down and read the Word of God with your kids. Sit down and do what Christ called upon you to do. The reason why he was brought to this earth was to prove that a man in the flesh could live out his life as a well, as a well-loved sacrifice for God. Christ was no different in his flesh than what our flesh is today, except for Jesus knew how to have a direct line to God the Father. There's no reason why you, because he even, Jesus even says himself to his apostles and his disciples, you will do greater things than even I did if you will hold the line of contact that I have showed you how to do with God. But even the disciples did it. The disciples even let fear get in their way. The disciples even let fear of man get in their way. They, at first, whenever Jesus was crucified, they hid out. And Jesus came to them again when he rose from the dead, and he said, hey, what are y'all doing here? This is not what I told you to do. Get, go, do it. And I realized that, you know, a lot of people say, well, it was easy for them because they walked side by side with Jesus. So do you. Think about how the disciples felt. When you need help and you need to know how something needs to go, you have a parts manual and a service manual to go back and look at for your life. The disciples were doing this by only listening to what the Spirit says. 
They didn't have the New Testament to go look in and see what was supposed to see what God's people were supposed to be doing according to the way Jesus laid it out. They were winging it. All they had all they had was their prayer life. All they had was each other to hold themselves up. And I'm afraid that even during this season that is what the church has forgotten about itself. The church was not here Ooh, y'all going to get mad at me. The church was not put here to come listen to preachers preach on just Sunday morning and Sunday night. The church was not put here just to have Bible study. The church was put here to be a rock that is the foundation of the surrounding areas. The church was put here to support spiritually, monetarily, whatever kind of support needed to be laid out. That's why the church was put here. But the world has got us so turned around that church has become part-time in the world has become church is something we do between worrying about what's going on in the world. And I don't like that. I know you don't like it or you wouldn't be sitting right here, but I have a, my wife had me a shirt made that says Jesus is bigger than Sundays. Folks, Jesus is bigger than Christmas. Jesus is bigger than new years. Jesus is bigger than Easter. Jesus. We need to have Christmas. How did I say it the other day, baby? Chris Easter thanks all year long. We need to be praising God that a Savior was born to us and that he died on the cross and he rose again and that we actually, and the veil, guys, the veil was torn. Do you not realize what that means? When Jesus died on that cross and the earthquake hit and the temple split and the veil was torn, that means the separation that was between you and your God was lifted away. You didn't have to go to a high priest anymore and ask him to go in and pray for you. You could kneel down, stand up, raise your hands, drive your car, walk down the street, eat a sandwich, whatever you wanted to do, and have a direct line of communication with your God. And that needs to be 365 days a year. Communion is something we do in here every once a month. We do that because it's a tradition, but it's also we begin every month with a new beginning. But guys, communion is not just something you do once a month. Wake up every morning and make that first meal that you eat your communion with God. Because I promise you this, if you do wake up, and you take that first breath, that first conscious breath, and you live through the night, that is God promising you that he is there with you that day. You don't believe in a miracle? Everybody take a deep breath. A miracle just happened. Because there's no other place that you can do that besides this world. You want to believe in, in uh, evolution? How did that clock get here? If evolution is true, how did that clock get here? That clock can't make itself. So if we evolved out of something, tell me what came first, the stomach or the mouth? Because without the mouth, the stomach's no good. But without the stomach, why would we have a mouth? So tell me. Probably go to jail for this one.
There are teachers in this country right now that are going to jail because they say that some scientists believe in creation, but you can't teach that in school. And they call it child abuse because you're pushing your religious beliefs just by saying that, never mentioning God, but mentioning creation in school. You see where our country has gone because we have let, guys, I'm gonna, I hate to say it this way, but we have let the party overrule what God has to say. We have let the good times overrule what God has to say. Thanksgiving is no longer about giving thanks to God for what we have and the abundance of what we have. It's turned into we're going to get together with family and we're going to overeat and we're going to watch football. Or we're not even going to spend time with family because there's a football game that day and we got cheap tickets. Christmas has become, you don't even want to get me started on Christmas. Guys, Christmas is Jesus' birthday as we celebrate it, period. Jesus is the day that man finally had a chance to get into heaven. If this were not true, the word would not tell me so. And if that's a lie, then the whole book's a lie and our lives are lies, so we might as well give up and go on, right? You hear it said all the time, Jesus is the reason for the season. That is even turned into a cliche way of marketing something. I, I, y'all, do y'all ever feel patronized in this church? You know, I don't want to count you. I want to tell you what God puts on my heart. I think what a lot of preachers forget to tell people nowadays is 99% of the time, these sermons are not for you. These sermons are what God puts on my heart to change my life, and I get up here and share with you. That is what, to me, being a preacher, I've been telling JR for years, preacher, not pastor, preacher, not pastor, preacher, not pastor. And he said, oh, yeah, pastor. <laughs> Go ahead and keep talking like that, pastor, if you want to. My job is to forward the feelings that God has given me on to you. That's all it is. And it's also to make you question me so you go home and get in your word. Guys, prove me wrong, please. Because if I'm making a mistake, trust me, I know if I make a mistake about something when I'm talking about Israel or something like that, Diana's going to call me on the phone and say, hey, big boy, let's read this chapter together, which I love. Because I'll be honest with you, when I first met Diane, I was like, man, she studies all this crap and all I want to do is salvation and I don't really even want to deal with all that stuff. But the more she talked to me about it, and the more I got into it, and the more I realized what was going on, what I thought God had intended for me to be the teacher, I became the student. And it's got me to where I dig constantly into what Israel did. And then the sad part about it is, is when you look, like I said before, Israel was chosen by God. What makes it worse the Bible says that if we choose God and then turn away from God, it's better to have a millstone tied around our neck. God didn't choose America. Americans came over here, planted their flag, and said, we choose God. And then we turned our back on him. So what's worse? 
Israel being defiant because they had stuff laid on them. The United States chose to pick it up. Come on, guys. Our job as church-going Christians that believe that Jesus is the only way is not to hide behind four walls and pray that Jesus comes back. It's supposed to be like the child that was in the womb when Mary got this speech, John, and go out and prepare a way for the Lord. Our job on Christmas is to celebrate the birth of our Savior. And if you want to buy your kids something for Christmas, buy your kids something for Christmas. But please, please, please deliver the greatest gift of all to them while you're doing it. When you hand a present to your child, also tell them what this day is about. I hear people say all the time, man, I don't want my kids to know that Santa's... I ain't going to say it because somebody might see that. But, but that breaks my heart. <clears throat> That was kind of creepy. You'll never know how creepy it is to hear a bell go off while you're preaching or hear thunder outside when you're preaching. Because It's like, was that a good thunder or a bad thunder? Tell me what's going on. Please. And, and I'm going to tell you something else, too. This is a time to fix broken things. This is a time to heal. This is a time... I don't know whether y'all noticed or not, but before Jesus died, he went up into the upper room, and not only did he want to have a last meal with his, with his people, but he also kind of set the record straight while he was up there too. He made amends. He made promises. He told them what was going on. When you gather at your table, and for God's sake, don't go to somebody, don't not go to Christmas dinner this year because Aunt Becky's going to be there and Aunt Becky doesn't like you and you and Aunt Becky don't get along. I'm telling you right now, get the Holy Spirit upon you, walk into that house and pour Jesus all over Aunt Becky when you hug her neck and tell her whatever we have been through, let's knock it off right now because Christmas is about the birth of a new life that can save you from the pit of hell. Because, guys, you have to fix it here. You can't fix it in heaven. I tell my wife all the time, there's no drama in heaven. I can't wait to get there. There's no gossiping in heaven. There's no talking back in heaven. Your kids are respectful in heaven. Not that I don't have respectful kids, but, but I put God to my kids, too. <laughs> Love on each other, people. Everybody wants to know, what is Christmas about? Christmas is about God showing his people how much he loved them by giving them the greatest gift that he could ever give, which was a piece of himself sent here in flesh to walk out a life that was pleasing to God and then die by man's hand, rise again, split the veil so you could be worthy of what God has to offer you, period. Bible for dummies. I'm going to write the book, Bible for Dummies. If, let me tell you something. Bible for dummies, if I can get into this word and I can get something out of it, trust me, anybody can. And even if you don't, I'm going to tell you something, man. 
The greatest gift you can give somebody is this right here. Even if they don't believe. How many people are going to turn down? A how many times, how many bestseller lists has this thing been on? It's a great book. It's got love stories in it, battles in it, miracles in it. I mean, it's got a little bit of everything in it. And if you don't like books that have miracles in them, ladies, I hate to tell you this, but you're going to have to put down all them romance novels you read because they get full of miracles. Because I hate to tell you this, but Juan de Poolboy doesn't look like that. Love on each other. Be there for each other. Want, okay, here's the hard part. Want to be there with each other. Go see your families. Go see your people with an open heart and a loving heart. Don't be like it was when you were a kid and you went to go see Aunt Becky and you were like, oh, she's going to squeeze me. Run in there squeeze her first. If it does anything else, it'll blow her mind and she'll be so shocked she can't talk about how dirty your house was the last time she came over. And who cares how dirty your house is? Don't spend all your money having your carpets clean and stuff like that because trust me, your family is not going to walk into your house and go, ew, this carpet hasn't been cleaned in a year. They're not going to. What they will notice when they walk in your house is whether or not the Spirit of God is upon it. Come on, you've all done it. You've all walked in people's houses and it's been just like a... <gasps> Y'all ever had that uh-huh moment when you walk in somebody's house and the Spirit of God lives there? And you're like, uh-huh, we can get down in this house. We can do some Jesus in this house. We can be saved in this house. We can fix our problems in this house. We can heal the sick in this house. And we can get to heaven through this house. My wife says she drove by a church the other day and the Holy Spirit just slammed her when she drove by it. What do you think happens on this street out here when this church is rocking in here? You think people can't feel that? The greatest gift you can ever give is telling somebody about Jesus. The best gift you can give them for next year is still being there with them while they take this walk. Our job as servants of Christ is not to just go out and preach his word. But it is to plant a seed and then assign a gardener. Everybody says, well, I'm not, I'm not called to do this, and I'm not called to do that. I'm not called to do this. Just because somebody else plants the seed doesn't mean that another person can't come up with the water can. You guys ever seen how they planted crops by hand? The guy doesn't go through and plant all the seeds and then go back and cover them up. He plants a seed, somebody covers it up, somebody else waters it. Guys, that's the church. And that's how we need to be. Plant the seed, somebody else helps them out, somebody else helps them out some more. When they get further along, they get to go to somebody else. If you can't do it, pass them along. The greatest gift you can give this Christmas, and I'm going to say it till I'm blue in the face, is telling somebody how blessed they are because Christ was born and then died and rose again. 
You want to celebrate something this Christmas? Celebrate the fact that you actually have a chance to spend eternity in heaven. Because unless this this season hadn't come, you wouldn't have a chance. Because I don't know about y'all, but I have trouble quoting a couple of them laws. Don't wear a purple shirt on Thursday if you're around a woman who's had a baby in the last six. I don't know how how it all works, but I wasn't going to figure it out. How many of y'all would have figured out all them laws and been able to live by them? But God made it easy. He sent us Jesus who said, love one another. That's it, guys. Love one another. Unless you love your neighbor, you can't make it to heaven. Because if you hate your neighbor, that's the same thing as murdering your neighbor, and you can't go to heaven for murder. So what I want to give you this year for Christmas is love. And I love every single one of you, even you. And yeah, I kind of love her. And I love Barb, because if I don't tell Barb I love her, she'll whoop me. (laughs) Guys, let's bow our heads, please. And let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask you today to accept our repentance, Lord. To accept our apologies, God, for putting the world in front of you. God, we ask that you just flow like a river through this church this morning, Father, and touch everyone here. Be with everyone here as we go through the days that are meant to be all about your son, Jesus. Lead those who follow you, Father, into the paths of people who are non-believers and let them shine your light all over them, Father. Father, I ask that you heal broken homes, Father, that you heal broken bodies, Father. Father, I ask that you show Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.